0: Join us on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed podcast. It's time to reel in adventure, camaraderie, and the joy of the catch.
1: Here's your host, Darren Wendell. What's up, you fish freaks? welcome to the podcast episode number 55 of the kfo show brought to you by the wendell fishing youtube channel yes don't have a sponsor so still just promoting myself over here (laughs) but i just hit over one thousand videos posted uh took three years to do it it's been a lot of fun i've been enjoying the camaraderie of everybody out there but i throw out daily shorts daily community posts weekly podcasts and at least one weekly video sometimes i get two out especially in like when the summer hits and there's just a lot going on, a lot of fishing going on. And so if you have not yet headed over to at Wendell Fishing on YouTube, love to see you over there. It's where I primarily spend the majority of my time. However, I am over at Facebook every once in a while and I just started a public group called Kayak Fishing Freaks and uh, just about a month ago started this bad boy. We're already at 303 members. So it's been a lot of fun, a lot of posts in there. Love for you to join that. If uh, you yeah, know, let me do this for those of you listening in live, I'm Just going to throw that link. Boom. There you go, folks. You can go over there and go ahead. You are invited to the community. Should be fun all right well remember for those of you joining us in live uh if you're heading if you're on like instagram or facebook head over to the youtube channel that's where a lot of the conversations take place and remember this is an interactive podcast so want you to ask your questions i'll try to get them answered if you got a question for me if you got a question for, the, for my guest i will do my best to try to star them and we'll circle back to those if we're in the middle of a conversation of course i always love watching like this sidebar conversation takes place among everybody listening in, so that is awesome. But now that's all the all out of the way. I'd like to welcome my guest tonight, Charlie, also known as Sly Fox Fishing, my man. How you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How are you I'm doing? I'm doing good. You know what? I spent. Oh, I just got to spending the last couple hours. My brother came over. He's like uber smart, and so I bought this uh, the Newport Vessels battery box for. I recently got an NK180 motor for my Bonafide P127, and the Newport Vessel's battery box is a 12 volt battery box, and so you have to do some modifications to it. Uh, put a step down in there, so you you can still use the battery charger and still use the all the other charging ports. Um, you have to put a converter in there, and so we were working on that and didn't get it all done, but I'm really close. To that video should coming out because. The battery that runs the NK-180 is a 24-volt system, and there's not a lot of options out there when it comes to battery boxes for 24-volt batteries. So, coming soon, folks. So That's what I've been working on. What have you been doing in this? This is the stuff that we work on up here in Ohio whenever it's too cold to fish. What are you doing um, when it's too cold to fish?
0: Oh, well, watching videos. My wife complains about it. Um. Not a whole lot, spending time with the family, stuff like that, because, you know, summertime, you miss a lot with the family.
1: So, Uh, Especially you. You you were cruising, cruising on catching bass for the knucklehead, like all the time. Oh,
0: well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thanks. I mean, I appreciate my wife for letting me get out and go fishing. You know, uh, it puts a lot more on her plate when I'm out there doing it. Um, You know, I've done a lot of fishing at night, you know, and, we went out for our anniversary in July. Yeah. And uh after we went out, you know, ate dinner, chilled out for a little bit, you know, at the house with her. And I'm like, eh. I got to go fishing. She's like, oh, go ahead. You what know? like what do you mean at um, night?
1: Like into the dark? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Is it right. in July? It's hot. Oh during yeah the hot. Day, you know, you're looking at 95 degree temperatures during the day. You know, and I'd go out there and I'd start fishing just before dark. Sometimes I'd fish up to just, you know, nine ten o'clock at night, just when it was, you know, getting dark. And sometimes I'd be there to three 30 in the morning. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So a uh, lot of us don't get out there and fish in the middle of the night. So you have to be on them in order to do that. So what, what, how are you fishing in the middle of the night and still slaying them? Well, you know, you just, we at one place I was fishing at, uh, it's a reservoir
0: off of a little town, little city. And, um, there's a hospital. Right on the north end of it, so there's a bunch of light. So it gives you a good bit of light on the north end. Now, when you get to the south end, it's a little bit more difficult, you know. So I, you know, wear a headlamp on my head when I, you know, to get down next to the water on the rocks and all that stuff. Then, you know, to keep the bugs at bay, I'd turn the light off and start casting. You know, I mean, you just, you just got to know where the water is and go for it. Then use your, <laughs> use your darker pro, you know, your darker spinner baits at night, um, things like that.
1: You know, I mean, that was
0: just what I did.
1: Hey, I don't, I rarely fish at night or in the evening just because I'm going to bed when you were going (laughs) fishing one, (laughs) I just get up early, like at the butt crack of dawn. And that's when I'm out there on the water, but yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Southwest Indian outdoors has a comment here. Shout out to awesome wives. Heck yeah. yeah. Or spouses. If you have, if you like going out and your husband's staying home, whatever it is, they allow us to really do what we love to do um, by kind of just taking care of everything that we leave to go fishing. So my wife's upstairs listening in right now. Danielle, thank you. I love you. I appreciate that. So shout out to awesome spouses for sure. Tonight we're going to be talking about spinnerbaits, spinnerbaits, and more spinnerbaits. So this might be <laughs> the most like in-depth conversation I've had on a singular type of lure since I started the show. 54 episodes ago so i'm looking forward to it because i honestly it is my least favorite way to fish and maybe after today charlie you could change my mind or give me a little bit more hope of just changing it up or knowing when to pull that bad boy out throw it different retrieve. so we will get in there a little bit but this is kayak fishing obsessed so first you gotta share one how'd you get into this how long ago and two tell us about your your kayak rig
0: well um I got into fishing as further back than I can remember. Uh my dad, you know, was big into fishing and hunting and stuff, and that's what I done as a kid. You know, I got into bass fishing. Oh, I was probably about twelve years old.
2: Okay.
0: Um just from watching, you know, all the bass masters and watching Bill Dance and Roland Martin and oh, yeah. you know, Jimmy Houston, all them. And if you know they they're all big spinnerbait fishing guys. You know, they're they're the old timers that really you know took the fishing to where it is today i believe you know they're the goats you know and uh i uh like i said about 12 years old got into bass fishing stuff and i tried all kinds of things you know i mean just from worms and crankbaits top waters um jigs jigs was like pretty good you know i've done pretty good with them and I in uh, love with
1: a jig recently. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, hear, I love yeah.
0: jigs. <laughs> um, but then it kind of turned in where I started using spinnerbaits. You know, I'm like, you know, because I think, well, you know, I see all these guys on TV using these spinnerbaits and they're catching these huge bass, you know. So I started buying spinnerbaits, and
1: spinnerbaits have been an obsession. <laughs> oh, an obsession. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. They are like, an obsession. I didn't realize you were like, Spinnerbait obsessed over here. Yes,
0: I mean when I went through my stuff, my some you know through my stuff earlier. Yeah, and I realized I didn't have any booyah spinnerbaits. I got a just a uh, in my gut. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have any booyahs. You're
1: not gonna be able to sleep tonight, are you, until you buy a five pack?
0: Yeah, it bugs me, <laughs> and they're expensive. You know, they're not a cheap spinnerbait. Okay, you know, um, then you know, I was actually. Better or not, my PB wasn't caught on a spinnerbait.
1: Oh, what was it on? Um,
0: it was on a hula popper topwater bait.
1: Oh, what was it? The it mean... old
0: hula popper years ago. It was it was uh, a black and white hula popper. Okay. With a little black skirt on rubber. I you know, had a little rubber skirt oh, yeah. on. I had you know, like not a treble hook. They had the double hook. Yep. And uh, that was I'm saying it was like ten pounds, thirteen ounces because it was in
1: between. Whoa. Yeah. The donkey. I was
0: 14 years old. Where were you at?
1: Not in Down Ohio. In Mississippi. Yeah, I was about Down to say. Down in North Mississippi where <laughs> I was raised up at. Okay. And
0: uh, I was at a farm pond, you know, but um, I'd got, never caught a bass that big either. Ever. I mean, the cl- biggest bass I caught there, maybe a pound and a half. And I'd caught hundreds of them out of there. And this one morning real early, me and my dad went there, got there at like daylight. You know, this was maybe half hour after daylight. Yeah i'm popping that hula popper you know oh, and just the biggest blow up <laughs> in my life you know i'm like oh my god i didn't know what it was I'm What'd like, your this dad do? you know and i got it in after probably like a three or four minute fight i mean it was just going wow and uh i got it in and i ran like two-thirds of the way around this pond you know it's probably about a four acre pond okay and uh, I run all the way around that thing, showed it to my dad, grabbed my, I had an old uh Bass Pro Shop, just the old scale, you know, had a little dial on it. Oh yeah. And it was in between uh 10 and three quarter and 10 and seven eighths. Okay. Of a pound. And uh, yeah, so I was like, it's gotta be like 13, you know, 10 pounds, 13 ounces. I put, I'm sitting there looking at this huge bass. You know, I mean, this, this thing was like this bigger rack. Oh yeah. <laughs> And my dad looked at me. He's like, "Boy, what are you gonna do to that? You're gonna kiss it? You're gonna get it mounted? You're gonna throw it back?" And I'd always said, if I ever caught a ten pounder or bigger, I'd get it mounted. Get
1: it mounted, right?
0: And I'm sitting there looking at it, and I give it to old Jimmy Houston, and I put her back in the water, let her ah. swim off. <laughs> my dad instantly freaked out because my freaked dad really ate that fish.
1: Oh, that big? Not oh yeah,
0: he, he didn't care. <laughs> He got mad. He started grilling all of his stuff. He fished with live bait, okay, or worms, or chicken livers, or shrimp, you know, things like that. Crawdads, you know. He, he wasn't into lure fishing, and uh, he got mad at me. Started, I mean, just got went through all the stuff to the bed of the trout, and he's like, if you're if you're going home, you better come on, boy. You know, we're like forty miles from home. Well, of course, you know, I'm fourteen years old, I got to ride with my dad.
1: <laughs> I mean, I could fish the rest of the night, and mom will come get me later. <laughs> I mean, we could do that. Oh, and, the bummer! Uh,
2: so we, we went
0: home, and I mean, he he was so mad. We didn't even, he didn't even go fishing for two weeks. Wow! Yeah, he was upset. That, that's with pretty me. mad. But he got over it, and you know, and he's like, "Well, you know, I guess I understand." I'm like, "Well, Dad, you know, she was just too big to harm her." Right. You got. You got like, back then. You you didn't get replicas made. You had to take the fish to the taxidermist. Right. They used the fish to mount with, and uh, which I'm glad they've since. Progressed in taxidermy where you can just take photos real good and take a bunch of measurements.
1: Oh yeah, and I'll they can real. give you a replica. Yeah, they got Lunker Share oh. and everything out there to oh, yeah. big girls out there for other people to catch. And well, that's yeah. awesome. So you you got your PB when you were twelve, and you've now never been 14. able to come fourteen. Yeah, I've been. I'm forty seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> before oh, this year i've been oh. chasing it forever and in ohio i'll never beat it no no you got to go back down south and even then that's still donkey yeah. Jeez. and uh,
0: that's reason like you know going down to gunnersville i was hoping maybe just maybe i could catch an 11 pounder and yeah, it didn't work out that way but you know they're there
1: yeah they're know? there it's pretty stingy that weekend there wasn't a lot of like monster monster bass right no uh,
0: i mean you and daniel pierce i mean you guys killed it with the 22 inches.
1: yeah you know but- but there's a lot bigger in there, obviously. But uh, yeah, there's a, a lot of people God, throwing.
0: I think their record is like 14 pounds, six ounces on, on Gunnersville. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the late record or 14, 14 pounds, something.
1: <laughs> so when you were down at Gunnersville, is where we actually met face to face, by yep. the way. Um, that was a f- fantastic. If you guys, if you're listening in on the podcast, you're like, what Gunnersville? As part of the knucklehead tournament. I know a lot of you guys listening in are familiar with it. If you're not, uh, we're going to be doing it again this year. And so uh, it's basically a four-month online tournament. And then you win a spot on one of your favorite content creators' teams. And they'll be heading down Lake Guntersville to fish off against other teams.
2: And oh, it's yeah. the top.
1: Basically, you have a team of five. And everyone gets their biggest bass. And you basically bring those together and try to beat all the other teams. And so um, that was a blast this year. And look forward to next year. Were you fishing the spinnerbait down in Guntersville? I did use a spinnerbait some.
0: Um, I caught a couple little six, eight inch bass off of it. Oh, okay. And then I switched to a jackhammer and I caught some more little six, eight inch bass and a white bass and then hooked into a chain pickerel. (laughs) And yeah, my tournament day was not going good at all. (laughs) I, I was so mad. And, uh, I thought I had a huge one, you know, and here it was a, a like a 13, 14 inch chain pickerel fighting like God knows what, you know, and I thought I actually had a real nice bass. I'm like, oh man, I got an 18, 20 inch probably, if not bigger.
1: Oh
2: yeah.
0: And yeah. then it come up, you know, up beside the kayak and I seen it and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I just give it slack, you know, I decide, I'm like, I don't want to get all slimy and nasty, you know, <laughs> it's
1: not rockets that they so come I give it
0: slack out and it got about. 10, 15 foot off the side of the kayak. I locked the reel, and I just started jiggling, you know, just trying to help it get broke loose. And it's just sitting there on top of the water, not even moving. I'm like, come on, come on. I'm jiggling. After about 30 seconds, what, it blew up out of the water? I took a jackhammer to the side of the head. Oh, he spit that <laughs> in your face. Yeah, that hurt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he went home and told his buddies about that one.
0: Oh, yeah, that hurt. And I turned got- it. On tournament day down there, uh, I moved places from where I was at. at, I was at uh, Goose Pond, and I went from Goose Pond over to Honeycomb.
1: Okay.
0: Right over by the Honeycomb Campground on that ramp. And uh, I know within, I I held up there, I was waiting for one of my teammates to get there, and I was within maybe 300 feet of the ramp. And uh, I was running, you know, uh, Alabama rig, run the A rig. Just as he was getting ready to put it in the water, Bam! I mean, it, I I think I caught like a either a thirteen or a quarter or thirteen and three quarter, and that was yeah. on a keeper that I caught that day.
1: Really? Yes. That was
0: only one. Oh, so, how about how about pre fishing? Pre fishing, I caught a 14 and a half was my biggest. It's like Ohio so, fishing. Yeah, I mean, it was like devastating to me. You know, I, I had high expectations, you right. know, and I was. I used techniques that I'd used for years down south, you know, with crankbaits and wacky rig jigs, um, lipless cranks. I mean, topwater frogs, you know, just all kinds of stuff. I was throwing them practice day, and it was like nothing was working.
1: Yeah, I, mean, and, I talked uh, to a lot of guys there; time having trouble. Either you were on them or you weren't. It seemed exactly. Like. Yeah,
0: and the people that were on them, you know, I mean, that's like. Your team, you know, and Gramps' team. Um, you guys got there, and you, you guys killed it.
1: <laughs> I mean, Gramps and I were like a mile away from each other. So, oh yeah, it might yeah, have been area. Who knows? One area
0: and one of, other area. I know. I know the dock where you caught your twenty two inch. You don't know nothing.
1: You know. Nothing. Oh yeah,
0: I know that dock <laughs> you, because. Cause, because uh garrett wade caught a fish right there the same one i know Two weeks before i watched this video and i was watching <laughs> his and then watching your shorts i'm like
2: i know that same dog.
0: daggum dot so I, I pulled it up on a map and looked I'm like oh yeah oh yeah i know where it is
1: oh <laughs> uh, i'm gonna have like 70 kayaks next to me next year that's what i'm feeling it's gonna happen frickety frack stupid youtube <laughs> ah, that won't happen Oh yeah, it won't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get into spinnerbait questions here. I got a lot of a lot of comments over here. Let's see. Um Trevor Wagner says, Hey, my personal best came off a of spinnerbait. What oh. was that personal best, Trevor? Wanna hear it? Um Cliffhanger said, Absolutely, my wife will say, You're getting grumpy. When do you want to go fishing this week? <laughs> well, that's like training bad behavior in my opinion right
0: my wife does the same thing
1: <laughs> yeah it just makes me want to be grumpy all the time if the, <laughs> if the response i get from my wife is yeah go fishing so I'm not sure how that works oh Dell patten says hey i'm glad i'm not the only one obsessed this is good all right let's hop in some spinnerbait que- questions here um first let's talk about man there's all kinds of different ways to retrieve a spinnerbait right you got your simple cast your wind you could wake it right right below the water yeah, you
0: can bring it just under the surface yeah. where you got a little turbulence
1: yep so you can do it that way you got a slow roll you can you drag can it them. you can yo-yo it you can jig them you can kind of walk it down kind of like walk the stairs down um, down the down the incline I mean, there's so so many different ways what have you found to be successful for you
0: uh, it kind of depends on time of the year.
1: Yeah. Walk us, walk Um, us through, walk us through
0: in the springtime, you know, when water's just, you know, getting around 55 degrees, um, maybe even as low as 50 when bats are starting to get a little more active, they're going to start feeding a little more because the water temperatures are slowly warming up, um, to get prepared for the spawn, they're going to move up shallow. So if you got somewhere that, you know, you got a little bit of structure, you know um rocks boulders trees treetops that are just kind of laying down in the water you know they're just you know maybe just barely touching the water you know fish around those cast out there when it hits the water just go like one two three start reeling do it like a medium retrieve um if you got like a six five to seven oh reel you know that a medium retrieve works pretty good Um, and you're going to get a strike most of the time, you know, um, sometimes you might have to just cast it out and just kind of burn it just under the surface. Kind of like there's bait fish up there, you know, moving around and, uh, just where you every once in a while, maybe your blade pops out of the water and it gives you slack. And when it does that, it makes that bait just kind of drop and just keep continuously retrieving and uh, you'll do real good um as it gets a little warmer um just before they spawn you know and you get about 58 degree water you know don't be afraid to burn it a lot around structure cast into that structure you know and as soon as you hit the water start reeling okay you know because they're gonna think something just smack the water and trying to right. get out of there you know um I use, in the springtime, I'll use a Colorado blade a lot. Um, I'll use a gold Colorado blade a lot. Okay. Um, No matter what the water clarity is, no matter what the sun is doing. You know, I'm not a conventional spinnerbait fisherman. They're like, wait a minute. If you're telling me if we got, you know, bluebird skies.
1: Yeah. They're saying gold, silver willow blades or, you know, flashy. You're you're going gold.
0: I don't always do that. I'll go the gold, you know. And it works. You know, I found out that a gold blade on a bluebird sky at about 58 degree water casting into junk and start grilling it just under the surface. You're going to get a lot of strikes.
1: All right. Everyone grab your um, pen and paper. Because that was pretty specific. So, uh, yeah, know, that, like- that
0: one is that one will produce. It has produced for me for probably over 30 years. Wow. <laughs> um, I'll yo-yo a spinner bait
1: and so walk us through yo-yo for those who are like, okay. Um, for well, for when you, know,
0: you cast out there, you know, if you're like, say you're on a, a, kind of a, a ledge that runs down. And, um, if you're in a kayak get out away from that ledge and cast to the top of that ledge, bring it out there, you know, let it sink down to the bottom. That's the first thing, you know, if, say you're, three foot of water, a little small flat that might be three foot deep, and then it drops off. Just start drilling it in, and you kind of, if you have an idea about where that ledge drops off, just kind of pop it and just let it, just let it flutter down and then pop it again, let it flutter down, you know. Give it a few seconds every time, you know, because if a bass is down there on the edge of that ledge, and their bass feed up almost always, you know, that's what they're, they're keen on is feeding up. And, uh, they're going to see that and it's going to get their attention. They're going to go, Oh, what's this, you know, and they're going to go investigate. Yep. And, uh, you know, at that point when you're fishing something like that, um, I like to use like the larger little blades. Um, this one's not real big, you know, it's okay. probably two and a quarter inches and okay. that's a Chrome little blade. Um,
1: I got one. I think it's KVD. These things are pretty big.
0: Yep, here's a, um, a Berkeley here with that long shank hook. There you go. <laughs> you know, And it's got a, a gold and a silver, you know, that'll work good on ledges like that. You know, just popping it because it gives them a little bit of flash, not a whole lot of sound, you know, but it gives them the flash. And if you get, you know, one with a, a silver and a gold blade, you know even though it kind of goes contrary to what a lot of people say in the springtime when the waters are just warming up you know because they're like "Oh, I'll go with the red or orange mm. blade you know um but it's the contrast of the color i believe they just see a different thing there you know that's flickering two different colors on the water you know they're thinking okay that's you know some kind of shad or
1: something yeah and, there's, uh, there's commotions happening yeah they're, they're running something else is hitting them it's
0: yep there, it's it. you know, it's, or it's dying because you're sitting there popping it, you know, and it, something's done hit it. And they're like, well, that's easy bait for me to go hit and right. eat because it's already dying because it's fluttering up and falling down. Yeah. You know,
1: um, hey, Do you ever, do you ever find it whenever like you first throw your, your bait in the water? When you let that fall, like say you would a wacky worm or something and just let it go for three or four seconds. Do you ever see them hit it because of the flutter? Do they yes. hit it on that fall? Does it yes. happen often? Or are we talking like, Hey, every once in a while?
0: Um, Maybe one out of like 30 cast.
1: Okay. So just be be ready for it is what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Be ready for it. I mean, there's times when like if I'm reeling one in, you know, reeling a spinnerbait in, you know, and I get like, okay, I'm 30 feet from structure and I start burning it in right on the surface. And then when you stop and you go to lift it and I've had bass come out of the water and snatch them up out of the water. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, it's like, oh, (laughs) nine times out of 10, you'll lose that fish because... (laughs) you only have a couple feet of line out from your rod and you can't fight them. Right. You know, and that it sucks, but you know, at least you know, it's there. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'll, it'll make me change what I was doing, you know, previous to that. I might back up a little bit and just cast it out towards the trees or whatever the underground stumps or logs or whatever's in the water and just start burning it in. Okay. You know, and nine times out of ten you been backed up 20 feet from where you had that fish pop out at you and next thing you know smash got you know? and then you have him you know so
1: so you work this up to like 50 degree temperature water keep us keep us going like are you and how uh, are you changing your spinnerbait techniques that the water actually gets even warmer
2: well
0: when it gets up you know in the spawning that's when they get difficult <laughs> Um
1: that's in general, you know, not just for the spinnerbait, just in general they get a little difficult. Yeah,
0: it, it gets when when they're spawning, it, it gets tough. Tough, you know. Um, when you start seeing bass making beds and everything, you know, and they're trying to get a female to them and everything. Um, that's when I'll you know, I'll grab a, a spinnerbait like this in here, no skirt. Got a little paddle tail on there, you know. Is that Got an a blade. paddle tail? Just just a paddle tail. Yeah, this kind one of- here. I think this was. Um, uh, can't remember who made it now, but it's it's like a Tennessee shad color. Okay, and uh, but it's got a gold blade and an orange blade. Both of them are Colorado. Neon orange. Yeah, got the orange. Well, um, and I'll I'll take that and I'll burn it if I can see them making beds. Yeah and I'll burn it through there and just keep burning it through there. They're going to get mad and aggravated. <laughs> you coming through there and disturbing them. Right. You know? And I think, you know, with something like that, they're thinking, okay, this is some kind of bluegill, you know, especially like, you know, Tennessee shad's got kind of a little greenish color in it.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, then you got that orange cause your bluegill's got, you know, orange on them. You know, majority of them will burn that thing through there. And that it might take you 40 casts to catch a one pound bass.
1: Better than fish a no-pound bass,
0: you know. I, I don't mind catching one-pound bass. <laughs> hey, <in laughs> I Ohio, mean, you can't that's, catch them all if you can't. If you don't catch them small,
1: no. Uh, in Ohio, we fish for one-pounder, two-pounders all the time. Oh that's, yeah, that's classic. That's just what we and uh, we produce here. But
0: I'll burn that, you know. When, like I said, you get out that spawning stage and just burn, you know, spinnerbait like that through there. Um, if you can't find that working, um, put you a crayfish tight soft plastic on there and then when you do that that you go back to that you know this kind of either a slow roll
2: mm-hmm.
0: where you're dragging right through there where they're making the bed at and making them mad or just kind of hop it you know just hop it up reel your slack let it sit there a second hop it up reel your slack let it sit there a second you know you're gonna make them mad but there's nothing in there
1: operation <laughs> piss them off
0: oh yeah exactly yeah.
1: All right. Well, keep walking us through. You're at spawn. So what are you looking at post-spawn and into the fall?
0: You, you get into post-spawn,
1: um, you know,
0: the, you got, you know, you got your male is going to be guarding the krill, you know, because that's, you know, basically post-spawn. They're right there guarding those babies, you know, for a couple weeks there most of the time. And that female, she's going to be out here, for about a week or so, you know, she's going to be out here a few feet away from them in case that male has to run off. She'll move in and, uh, I'll just sit there and I guess it depends on what the main forage is for them. Yeah. Um, if you got shad run a shad color, um, if you have the old Asian carp in your area, find cool. something that's like silver all the way. I mean, as much silvery silver glitter spinner bait you can find because an Asian carp feeds will feed on them. Believe it or not, not just huh. the eggs, but they'll actually come up and they'll suck those babies right in their mouth. Okay. I've seen it happen. it's like, well, that's the courageous thing. I didn't know they'd eat live bait like that, but they will. And, uh, just burn something like that through there. You know, there's times I've, you know, catch the male, you know, kind of like, all right, bud. Sorry, but you're gonna sit over here for a few minutes. You know, and I'm gonna back in there and get the female, <laughs> right? You know, a lot of people say, "Well, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that." Well, no, it's no different than if I catch her first. You know, because <laughs> if I catch her first, I'm gonna hold her out and catch him. You know, there you go. Um, I mean, it's, you're not going to harm them. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, keep the fish out of the water for five, 10 minutes. You know, I'm going to cast two or three times, you know, and usually you'll catch her within the first two three casts. Okay. You know, and if you don't, then I'll put him back in the water. And there you go. You're good to go. And just try to entice her some more, even with him in the water. Sometimes mm-hmm. it works. Sometimes it doesn't.
1: Okay. Sometimes just depends it,
0: on how hungry she is.
1: That's fishing. Sometimes
0: it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Okay, exactly. You know, I mean, not everything's a guarantee. You know, I mean, I could tell everybody everything I know about them tonight and everybody go out and try it. And maybe only one person finds this to work. One person finds that to work, you know, it, it, bass are opportunist eaters. Yep. You know, they, they love to, you know, they eat on surprise, you know, and, uh, a lot of people disagree with me on my thoughts on using fluorocarbon and braid and monofilament. I hate fluorocarbon. What? Yes, so I, 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 all I my don't fish is fluorocarbon. It. The sun murders that line. Makes it brittle. You gotta change it too much. I can go all season on forty pound braid and never worry about it. If I get, you know, some of it's getting rough, I'll just cut it off. You know, that's starting to get rough, you know, from banging into rocks and stuff like that. You know, yes, have I lost big fish because of rocks and concrete? Yeah the The braid does not like sharp objects, sure. you know, too much. <laughs> It'll right. slice right to it, through it. I mean, I lost like a seven, eight pounder last year. Um, but it was my own fault because I was running a chatterbait on another rod that had forty pound braid on my casting rod, and I had a spinning rod with me, a little uh, medium light. Okay. And I had twenty pound um, invisibraid on it. And I'm like. I ended up breaking off oh. um, my wacky rig and everything. And I put another one on there and I got it hung up, broke it off. And I'm like, oh, I forget. The name. Whatever. I just carried the rod with me for a while. And I just said, you know what? Forget. It. I'm going to throw a spinnerbait on there. I threw a spinnerbait on there and I just fished this one whole area, you know, 100 foot, you know, all the way around me, 180 degrees worth. <laughs>
1: Just fan, yeah. Yeah, just fan casting, yeah,
0: yeah. This fan casting, and uh, I cast cast out this first time the spinnerbait over there, and right pad there's like an overflow that's made out of concrete on this reservoir, and uh, I cast out there, just past it, reeled right by it, and I got about two feet from it. Bam! I mean, it just nailed it. Well, there, with that light rod, there was nothing I could do with it. You know, <laughs> mean, it was just taking advantage oh, of me. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rob rod was all just bent over and everything. It's going this way and that way and out this way, you know, and just burning drag. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, I'm like trying to not, I ain't going to tighten up drags with Dewey He'll bust me off, you know. And I already had it pretty tight, you know, because it's a 20-pound braid on there. Right. And uh, next thing I know, it just turned. And when it went off to the side, it got into the, out past the concrete and then it went shh, around the other side of it pow that's all it took (laughs) Uh,
1: no is that ohio (laughs) yes seven eight is about the big they get up here in ohio so that's brutal
0: that yeah i mean i had one well there was two of them i found that had died last year in this reservoir and i mean i've had people tell me that there's some nine nine and a half pounders in there okay that they've caught and put back in the water all right but there was one um i think i ended up posting a picture on facebook And an Instagram last year, it was, you know, a dead bass and it's, you know, all curled. It's tails all curled up, landed on my catch board, dead, dried out and everything and all curled. It was like 22 and a half inches long, curled up. Yeah. So it was probably a 24 plus. It's a big girl. Inches long. Yeah, huge. And then I found another one. It was still in the water. You know, it was kind of eat up pretty bad and smelling pretty funky. So I wasn't grabbing that one. But it was, I mean, its mouth was like that big around.
1: Jeez.
0: You know, it was huge. It was even bigger than the other one.
1: You
0: know, if it wouldn't have been all nasty and stinky, I would have pulled it out and threw it on the board. But, eh, it would <laughs> not that nasty.
1: nasty
2: for me. <laughs> gross. And, uh,
1: but. I'm well, going it. at. Go ahead. No, going into the fall now. Going What's into the fall. Ga- game, game look like?
0: You get in in the fall trend, the late summer fall transition, um, to me, early early morning, you know, you got like an hour, hour and a half from just before daylight, you know, maybe like 15, 20 minutes before daylight to like 40, 45 minutes after daylight, you're going to have a good spinnerbait bite, usually, and... It just works out i mean is this the fast retrieve you know cast it out you know try to stay close to structure because they're going to be up there most times still chasing bluegill crawfish and stuff like that that hadn't you know really come out too far they're right at the edge of it you know because a lot of times at night you know bluegill crawfish they're hanging to structure you know because at night what's your big feeders catfish
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know uh bass will feed at night you know, the bigger bass. And when it gets hot like that, um, you know, that's a good time to catch some, you know, four plus pounders, you know, just cast out there, you know, a couple of feet off a bank, you know, and the water depth, I don't think really matters too much if it's a foot deep or if it's 10 foot deep because the bass are going to be there close and they're just going to be swimming back and forth, you know? And if you sit there and watch long, the next thing you know, you'll see a blow up, boom, and they'll smash right into the rocks. And have you ever you know have you ever,
1: have you ever tried to like fish your spinnerbait like a jig? Yes. Like in deep water. Like deep. That, deep that's water? where I was
0: getting to next. All right, keep going. <laughs> then. I, I apologize. And uh and when that, that little bite window falls off, you know, you're like I said, you're getting into the heat of the summer, late summer, just before the you know the fall transition. You know, you got the thermals and all that stuff that are getting weird in the water you know and that's when bass fishing can get real tough and uh but i'll i'll cast out into deep water you know um depends on where you at you know if you're if i'm in like some of these little ponds that i fish in you know they're six seven foot Mm -hmm. a lot of them and i'll cast out there and just let it fall just sit there and just let it sink and let it sit there a minute Don't even get in a hurry, you know, get on your phone, check, you know, emails (laughs) or I've I've seen time. I've sit there, you know, checking text messages or something or texting my wife, you know, I don't know. Hey, I'm over here fishing, blah, 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 you know, or, you know, looking at a a YouTube short or something like that. And next thing I know, there's a tug on my line. It'll pick that spinner bait up off of the floor. Yeah,
1: they will do anything to it. Just sitting there.
0: Just sitting there, and usually when I fish them like that, I'll uh, I'll take like like this here. I believe this is a a black and blue jigger crawl, um, crack and crawl, there and you googan. Good. Okay, you know? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll use something like that, or maybe even like a bandito bug, mm-hmm. and I I don't. I won't take it and hook it, you know, like you do this, you know, like that
1: for those listening in, like what?
0: Well, like you would, you know, normal, you like, know, like, like how you're... you do it, like a paddle tail where it's, you know, where it's rigged on the right way. Yep. Well, I'll just take it as you know, Francis, like this, here's a Northland or Northern tackle spinner bait, black with a orange blade on it. So I'll just take that thing and rig it sideways. You like that? Okay. See how that one one crawl kind of lays over. Yeah. You know, some people say, "Oh, I, I cut that off." You know, no, leave it on there. Because if you if you're dropping and it, letting it lay on the bottom, that spinnerbait is most of the time going like this.
1: Yeah, on its side. And it's on you its want side. That crawl. Okay. You
0: know, well, they see that crawl and smell that crawl. You know, they'll smash it. They'll just reach down there and pow. You know, that's what I said. You just leave it sitting there. You know, and mess around a minute, and there you go. Yeah. And if you don't get a bite, just drill in your slack, kind of just drag it, mm-hmm. you know, let it sit there, you know, for another 30 seconds to a minute. Don't get nothing, do it again, you know. Um, Brutal. If the if the bite is a little less aggressive, you know, you, they might be sitting there eyeballing it, but it's just laying there. They don't want to mess with it. Change up how you, you know, retrieve, you know, just reel up your slack and pop it hard, you know, just let it just jump up off the bottom, you know, and then do like three or four handle cranks and let it fall back down. A lot of times when you do that jerk up off the bottom, by the time you get your hand on that reel to start reeling it up, they'll hit it. Right. And if they don't, they'll hit it on a fall back down, you know, because they're like,
1: oh, there's something wrong with this crawfish, you know. I'll put him out of his misery. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just careful, don't, don't be jerking that thing up over your head so when it hits it, you oh, have no no, no, leverage. No, don't do it it's it's
0: kind of like, you got your rod tip down, just kind of bring it up, you know, yep. maybe like shoulder height of you, your rod tip, and stop there and just start reeling. Um, there, A lot of people overlook a spinnerbait and it it's so versatile, you know. Um, And, I'll, you know, I'll fish them a lot at night, like I said, you know, when it's real, the dog days of summer, it's hot. You know, you don't want to be out there when it's, you know, near hundred degrees and humidity is 90 something percent, you know, it's miserable, mm. you know, you're going to spend all day out there and you're going to get miserable. You're going to get mad. You're going to get frustrated. Well, we don't want to, you, you want to enjoy fishing. You don't want to get mad and frustrated. You know, the whole point of getting out there is to, you know, have fun, you know, clear your mind, you know, just in, enjoy the outdoors. So when the dog days, you know, I'll go out in the summertime at night, you know, And if you got a full moon, it's great because that's going to bring the shad up. Mm. And you'll see the shad all over the tops of the water, just big balls of them here and there. If you're lucky enough, they'll move in real close to the bank. If not, well, most of the time they're going to be out of casting distance. They'll be out there 150 feet. You know, and it's like, come on, come just come a little closer, you know, so you can get, you know, a spinnerbait out there you know, and just burn it on top with them. You'll see the shad just start, you know, scattering, you know, but that gets the bass's attention. They're like, well, wait a minute. What's that scared them? They're not going to eat my food. I'm here to eat them, not you, Mm. you know, and they'll they'll come right up and they'll smash that spinner bait, you know, and in the moonlight.
1: How much, how much thought do you put into having a trailer hook?
0: A trailer hook? Um, i feel I, I have indifferences about it yeah, i do walk, use walk. them
1: okay um some of you don't need it because some of the hooks they are now designing them with the hooks are super long right
0: yeah yeah i mean like like a show i go with this berkeley i mean i think is yeah
1: huge that goes out about yeah. as far as a trailer hook would
0: yeah i mean i'll grab a let me find it here i oh. get that little piece of soft plastic very nice i see the hook better Okay. Here's
1: a KVD, three ounce. Yep. Look at that. We have the same one. <laughs> Literally we're holding the same one on most. <laughs> Colorado blade on mine. Yep. And which that's like, a pretty short shank yes. hook on it. I mean, look at that little short hook.
0: Right. Okay. Here's a Berkeley, three eighths right. ounce. It's a three eighths ounce. You know, I'm here I'm holding the heads right together. Yep. See that difference?
1: Nearly double, uh, 40% yeah. More longer. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. A good 40%. Um, if now, like this spare bait here, no, I wouldn't use a trailer hook. It, right. It's not necessary. Um, like on this KVD, you know, I'll throw a, a trailer hook on there. You know, um, some people, they'll take like the little oxygen tube stuff or, you know, I'll, I'll buy that, you know, at Walmart or whatever, you know, it, you can get like 40, 50 feet of it.
1: Yep. Like that, <laughs> <so. Yep. laughs> to keep it on get,
0: there yep get you a, a good hook you know um uh six cents they make a real good trailer hook for spinner baits okay it's a real stout hook it's got a little larger eye so you can get it over there easy and uh i'll put it on there then i'll take a little three 16 inch inch piece of the oxygen tube put it over the hook and there you go you know and uh the only bad thing about them, the only reason I will use them when I start getting these short strikes. Right. Like they're just coming up and I have a trailer on there, and the only thing they're grabbing is that trailer and I'm pulling and you see the bass come out of the water and you it see the your trailer stretched out <laughs> and they release it. You know, of course then you're mad, like, you son of a gun, you know.
1: Should have had a trailer hook on. See, I never exactly. fish. I never and, fish one without a trailer hook. I mean, why at that point. I would hate yeah. to have, I'd hate to lose them. So I don't know. I don't fish it too often anyway. So even though I got, yeah. I'm holding That's six. The only bad hand. thing
0: about a trailer hook, if you you're using a trailer hook and most of the times when you have a trailer hook on there is when they're, when you notice they're short striking, um, then you just put that trailer hook on there and nine times out of 10, their only hook they're going to have is that trailer hook and the roof of their mouth or the side of their jaw. Maybe in their tongue, you know, which that's gets them kind of bloody then when you hook them in their tongue.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, and then you get one that's not short striking. He just or she does, she just, just comes up and just slams the whole spinnerbait in her mouth. Then you get into the gills, or it gets down, you know, they get that trailer hook down in their gullet. And then you're, you know, you're playing around trying to keep from killing this fish. Right. You know, you're reaching up through there. You know, I've seen time burn you know have pliers have. you know had to reach in there before you know and just snip the hook yep you know because the barbs through their two of their gills snip the hook off and just slide it out you know and do minimum damage they're still gonna bleed but you're not ripping it at that point trying to tear that barb out of there
1: um here's, here's something interesting i found i'm gonna bring up the photo so check this out This says this is talking about the shorter wire arm positions roughly half of the rear blade above the hook bend, so there's no need for a trailer hook. And it says the longer wire arm causes the rear blade to bend below the hook, this means that the spinnerbait will need a trailer hook. I thought that was interesting. What do you think about that? Uh, As like a, a rough rule of thumb.
0: That might be all right. I mean, let's um, look at this KVD here. Or not the KVD, but the Berkeley. That um, well, Berkeley, yeah, you know, they're real close to being even.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know, maybe it might be a
1: quarter inch past. But so that diagram would say no, you don't need one for that. <clears throat> right. It's only saying basically if the end of your hook comes to the front of your like willow blade basically, if it's short, it's what it's saying, but you, yeah. you're using the the last blade on your spinner bait to determine that. I don't know. I oh, thought was interesting. I was just reading about spinner baits and I was like, huh, that yeah. is. Uh...
0: I, don't, I don't know if I trust that analogy or not, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times they're short striking. Um, I've even noticed like that one there where it had that spinner blade that stuck way past. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any of those spinner baits anymore. I try to stay away from those. Um, so let's is, dive,
1: uh, let's dive into what do you got there in front of you? Let's talk a little bit, dive in a little bit more of the, the lures, your favorite types of spinnerbaits, why they're your favorite. Let's talk a little bit about the weights. When do you pull out different weights? When? Why?
0: Different weights. Weights is a big thing. I, I shock a lot of people when I talk about that. Um, the weight of a spinnerbait, I guess it depends on how deep you want to fish it. Sure. You know, the heavier spinnerbait is going to run deeper. You know, um, a half ounce, a quarter ounce to a half ounce spinner bait. You can run that comfortably between one to four foot of water, you know, pretty easy. Um, once you get past about four foot deep, unless you're really going to slow roll it, Uh you need to jump up to five eighths or three quarter ounce. Okay. And that'll take you down to about seven feet. Just cast out and let it sink, you know, count it down. You know, count to, you know, seven or eight, 10, whatever, you know, maybe not even that long. Just, you know, I guess it kind of depends on, you know, if there's current in the water or if it's just dead calm. Um, Count them down, let them sink, start reeling. You know, keep your rod tip down low to the water so you're not raising it up too quick. You know, keep your rod tip down and uh, bring it in a medium, medium fast retrieve. You know, and you'll, you'll come through that water column, you know, pretty level for the most part and then it'll, it'll start lifting at the end. Right. And uh, sometimes, you know, you don't get a bite here and you might get at that lift when it's coming up, you know, cause that bass is thinking, okay, it's getting away from me. I don't want this to happen. So, or maybe the bass aren't quite down that low, but you don't know that, you know, you get one and you know, it, it hits you and you know, You can see down the water, you know, a couple feet and you see the bass hit it right there like two foot deep, then you know, okay, I don't need to run this big of a bait that deep anymore. Go back to, you know, quarter ounce, three-eighths, half ounce, you know, and do that way. Um, if I'm a slow roll something real deep, you know, say if I'm fishing somewhere where it's got, you know, 15, 20 foot of water, Mm -hmm. I'll jump up to seven eighths, one ounce, ounce and a quarter spinnerbait. How many spinnerbaits do you own? Uh, I probably got about 50 wire from, you know, just, you know, this kind of style.
1: Right. Um, what else, what else do you have over there? You keep on pulling for those of you listening He keeps pulling like baits up from all around him. He's like <laughs> living in a tackle box right now. What else? Now, uh, we talked about the normal spinner baits, right. And the weights and the ones that everyone's probably used to seeing at Walmart. Yeah, or at, or that's these. your,
0: you know, your basic spinner baits that most people use for bass.
1: Right. Um, do you get a little wild and crazy with uh, any different type of styles of spinnerbaits out there? Sometimes. Okay. I have
0: I have one, but I don't know what I did with it. I looked at my spinnerbait box. There's this one. I have a video on my channel. Um, they're they're made here in WrestleMania, Ohio. But they it's like a spinnerbait. You know, basically looks like this if it doesn't have blades like this. You know, it's just an you know, the old A-frame style spinnerbait. And it has this little blade. It's probably about that wide. It's got a couple of little weird bends in it.
1: And when Very it comes pitch. to the water, it just flops. Oh, like a tail.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird. You know, I mean, I found them at Walmart on clearance, you know. And I'm like, well, that's a weird looking spinnerbait. How's that thing going? I'm sitting there looking like it don't even have a swivel on It can't spin. So I debated buying it.
1: Um, you know, walked around. You know, you couldn't. Can't stop, thinking about, it, couldn't you? You couldn't stop thinking about it. You couldn't stop thinking. You couldn't stop thinking about that thing, couldn't you?
0: Exactly. I, it got my <laughs> mind working. Like, what, what, what does this thing do? And uh, so I went and bought three of them. I had. They had a. <laughs> you, went uh, from,
1: you went from buying none to thinking <laughs> about it. I'm going to buy all of them. That's that's the end result of this.
0: Well, they had probably a hundred of them, oh, okay. but I only bought three. <laughs> you know, they were like two dollars or three dollars a piece, something like that. And uh, but they were marked down from like eight ninety nine, I oh, think, damn. or eight ninety six.
1: Okay.
0: okay. And uh, so I had one. It was it had a black head, black skirt. You know, chrome. The little blade on it was chrome that does a little flippy flippy. Then I had a. I think it was one that was like a uh, white with uh, silver fleck and um, I think like a lavender, kind of a darker lavender okay. color. And uh, I ended up hanging up that one on a big tree and lost it. <laughs> it just, the things that, man, the hooks on those things were super sharp and strong.
1: Okay. okay.
0: And uh, I mean, I broke 40 pound braid. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it was in there. And uh,
1: you the a- other
0: one was just a white one. And my my I ended up catching them on the black, the black one. It was like, man, that, that thing actually works. You know what I mean? I had them for like a year before I used
1: them. Okay.
0: You know, and I was just one day going through, getting ready to go to this one spot. And I, I seen it laying there. I'm like, let me try this. Opened up out of the package, tied it on. First cast, I caught a little, like a little one pounder. right second cast is like three quarter pound third cast like pound a quarter and i mean it was just oh, like the,
1: the flipper flapper thing oh, yeah where do i where i pick them up You i can't find uh, them anymore <laughs> i'll have to look it up i can't remember like i said i can't
0: remember the, the name of them i thought they were like some kind of japanese lure until i actually got to research and after i caught these fish on it and they're made like i said they're made in russian ohio okay which is down around bell fountain area and uh I, I don't know if they're still in business or not. I don't know. I just remember that was saying, I don't package. I haven't even looked them up,
1: but, uh, I mean, they, they got work. a Walmart deal. So you may have to have mass production of these things. Yeah. I mean, business, they I know.
0: you know, I would think they did you know, did, or hopefully they still do. And, uh, but that, that's one of the weirdest ones I had. Um, there was an old, what they called an undulator. Years, well, someone just years, asked about you know?
1: that. Someone just asked about it. They said, DigWorks sly fox. Do you have, or have you tried the undulator spinnerbait?
0: Yes. <laughs> I used to have one.
1: Explain um, I what they had are. It,
0: I had it up to 2017 when my house burned. Ugh. and I, 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 you know, they don't, I, I've never seen them since I bought that one. And I bought it at a Kmart that went out of business down in Cargillville, Tennessee, when I was like 16. You know, And it was the only one they had, and I grabbed it. And the guy that was with me that was big into bass fishing and stuff, he looked at me, he's like, where are you buying that stupid looking thing for? i why not try it oh, I think they don't catch nothing. And probably a month later, me and him was out on his bass boat on Sardis Lake down in North Mississippi. And he was running, you know, a strike King spinner bait, you know, and I grabbed that undulator. I caught like 25 bass to his four.
1: Wow. So what's unique about the undulator?
0: It it's got this big blade on, it. it's probably like three inches long. Okay. And, um, What's that stupid like sh- spinner bait that Ketchco uh, has that like does weird stuff it doesn't really spin but it does like these weird things. I can't remember what they call that thing it just come out with a few years ago but it's got the blade is like cut into like four maybe five pieces and it has these rings in it that holds them together okay and uh, it doesn't spin it just does like this motion through the water. And, uh, it works.
1: <laughs> so what were you showing me in the green room? We only had a oh. few moments together, but you were pulling out some, some weird looking quote unquote spinner baits
0: <laughs> inline spinner baits inline. Okay. Show me the, uh, inline. a lot of people overlook them. Um, like this no, year, see,
1: you don't see a lot of videos of inline spinner baits. No, that looks like it straight out of 1990s. Yeah. That is an old Sonic swing minnow
0: <laughs> has a name.
1: Like it came out of the nineties as well. I mean, the look at it there, swing. I mean, that
0: thing is beat up i mean it's tore up you know i caught my, <laughs> my biggest bass that i put on a board last year 21 and a quarter on this on my anniversary in july <laughs> right at dark all right and uh but it's uh it's it's a pretty good lure i mean it it's kind of like almost like a last tail. i said this is old um i bought this in 2018 okay I believe, and I mean it, it's held up. I mean, I, I've caught a couple hundred bass on it. You know, large nice. mouth spots and smallies.
1: I um, feel like the inline spinner is underrated. You don't, you don't hear a lot of people throwing it. You don't see a lot of videos on it.
0: it I, a lot of reason is because when you when everybody thinks that, you know, inline spinner baits. What are they thinking? Rooster tail, little rooster tails. Oh yeah, look right here. Yep. Big difference. <laughs> and you got a Big, hand- huge difference. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, and yes, these will catch bass. And trout. Know, no problem. I mean, they work. Um, but Sonic Swing Minnow is no longer in business. I can't remember the company that I bought this from. Or I'd be trying to see if they had any more. <laughs>
2: All right.
0: You got to find I them on email, eBay, folks. But I ended up, I deleted the email from when I ordered them. They gave me order confirmation when I ordered that one um i like this this little bluegill that's another sonic swing minnow all
1: right
0: you know it has got like I, I can't remember the name of that blade
1: interesting you know, interesting
0: but you know that's one of them uh that's another bluegill right here you know they're like i said I, I was showing darren earlier that you know they're it looks all right it's bent <laughs> <laughs> So it, it, it just flops around on the wire. The wire won't hold it straight anymore because the wire's just all bent up in it. Um, and then this is another little Sonic Swing Minnow. These are great for crappie and, you know, smallies.
1: Yeah, even bluegill and smush. pearl. They keep going yeah, smaller seems, on us. You know,
0: big difference,
1: you know. <laughs> all right.
0: Know, this one probably weighs about three-eighths of an ounce. This and maybe an eighth. It's not very heavy. You know, I mean you're you're running spin and tackle to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, these you can't you can't reel them real fast because if you reel them real fast they just flop through the water. Got it. They blow out. You know, they just won't hold, you know, they it's meant to be me, medium to the slow side of medium. Um but that's not the smallest one yet. Ouch.
1: Get out of my finger. He's got himself. <laughs> Ow, on <laughs> oh, wow. That
0: one there is like maybe an inch and a quarter body on it. Yeah. You know, <sighs> that one's like, oh, my God. It's probably don't even weigh a sixteenth of an ounce. Wow. It's like weighs nothing.
1: You know. <laughs> Low Life says the MAPS makes a killer inline. Yep. They do.
0: I, I I did have quite a few of those. Right, here's a MAPS. Right here, what's that, that, that feathered one? Number, number three blade, French what's blade that, on that one. What's that one? feathered?
1: What's that feathered with?
0: Yeah, it's got uh,
1: the squirrel tail on it. Squirrel tail. Yes, Meps is like known far and wide for the old actual squirrel tail. Yes, sir. Can you still sell your squirrel tails to Meps? I, I believe so. I haven't checked with them, but I believe so.
0: I mean, I when I was a kid, you know, me and my cousin, we hunted a lot, you know, yeah. and we'd go out and about every time we went squirrel hunting, you know, we we'd each get a limit that day of eight a piece, so you got know, sixteen squirrels.
2: <laughs> you okay, know?
0: what'd you do with them? We'd skin them puppies out, you know. You you know, um, if I'm thinking, you left the bone in the tail, you put some salt on it, and then. Let them, you know, dry for a little, you know, for a few hours, put them in the freezer. Okay. And, uh, then you could, you know, I think, I think the minimum was like 50 you could send in at a time. I
1: believe you sold the maps when you were a kid. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. You're I just saw, salt sold and, them squirrel tails, <laughs> salt and squirrel tails,
0: throw hey. them in the freezer. Yeah, I'd store them in the freezer. Salt them, puppies up. Put them in the freezer.
1: (laughs) You know, I need to know how. If if anybody is listening in, can you go check, especially on the live? Can you go check and see if Meps is still buying squirrel squirrel tails? (laughs) How much did you sell them for?
0: Uh, I believe the the um, gray squirrels was a nickel (laughs) apiece. You born in (laughs) eighteen (laughs) hundreds? (laughs) Nickel? They didn't pay much, but if you had if you had black squirrels or fox squirrels, you got ten cents a piece.
2: Yes.
1: Uh, oh my gosh! How much is Maps paying for for salted, curated squirrel tails? I need to know. I <laughs> I, I'll, I'll go on a deep dark rabbit hole looking myself. I need someone else to, to help me out. A nickel. Just, so you I were, seen
0: somebody in the chat said something about uh, fire tiger rooster tail right there. There it is. That's just a little, oh. one. I think that's a 16th an ounce, maybe, or 30 seconds, something like that. It's not very heavy. And, I got some question I have a quarter ounce.
1: Okay.
0: Right there. It's white and it's got like, uh, on the one side, it's got a little bit of like shad color detail in it. So. Just weird, different things, you know. I mean, I, a lot of people. You know, I mean, I I run underspins as well. A tiny
1: underspin. Yeah, you know? that. But,
0: yeah, that's. Believe it or not, it's heavy. It's three eighths of an ounce. Okay. This suspenders is not very big. You know, when you want to run a, you know, some kind of little grub or something like that on there, just add a little flash to it. You know, this one will do it. Um. Oh, I'm trying to think who made this one. This might be a, a Northland tackle. I okay. believe, yeah, I believe this is a Northland tackle
1: right here. Um, All right. We got some, we got some squirrel comments in here. Illumination <laughs> said The OG maps came from France. I did not know that. Beautiful. Flawed, huh, I didn't either. Beautiful. Flawed. Your coaching said, I'm going to rob you, Sly. So I, I keep your, <laughs> I keep your lures close. That's my wife. In, in you sleep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I love it. Um BA Bass Angler says I break for squirrels. Bucktail says <laughs> where I work is polluted with hot <laughs> squirrels. Big dang squirrels. I'm really happy that the conversation went tonight. Squirrel tails. <laughs> oh, someone just wrote one second. where what was this? A friend of mine sold squirrel tails to maps. Even at five cents a pop, he still made over a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of squirrel shooting. Oh yeah. There, there like, there was,
0: um there was one year. I, I got a bunch of my friends and stuff and uh, friends of my dad that squirrel hunted and everything. I had them save every squirrel tail that they got, you know, to do that. And I think one spring, God, I, I think I sent in like 16, 1700 squirrel tails. Whoa. Yeah. I forget how much money it was, but it paid for me a bunch of fishing lures and fishing line and, you know, candy and, you know, Pepsi. <laughs> Remember
1: a moment of silence for all the dead squirrels that maps <laughs> paid for?
0: Oh, like this here. Here's another little one, a little type of underspin bait is a roadrunner. Oh, there you go. Deadly good. little crappie jig and bluegill jig. I mean, those things are awesome. Yeah. You know? those works. you can jig or do a slow retrieve for them too. Um, and here's another... I, should, I didn't even think about this while I was talking about cold water bass fishing. But, like this one here, you know, these little tail spins. Okay. You know, back in the day, there were a little George was the big big company that had them. Um, I had quarter ounce, uh, three-eighths ounce, half ounce, three-quarter ounce, one ounce, ounce of the and a quarter. I think they made like an ounce and a half was their biggest one. Okay. And it was like a big chunk of lead bigger than a, you know, like a 50 cent piece. And, uh, you take that little dude and cast it out there and just pump it up and down. There it is. You, you know, if you got in, in a boat or kayak or whatever, or off of a, a pier that's got, you know, 10, 15 foot of water, cast that thing, let it go to the bottom and just jig it. Keep jigging it up. You know, and once you know what the bottom is come up a couple feet and just jig it, you know, um, Treat it like people treat ice fishing jigs. There you go. Yeah, you know, that's what they do. They get down there and they jig it, or they'll sit there and just shake it. You know, you can sit there and shake that thing, and that that spinner will sit there and you kind of flop around. You get enough rhythm on it, it might even flop all the way around. So, it's uh, spinner baits of all types are really underrated. Yeah, I when mean, chatter bait come out that like changed the bladed jig game. You know, don't get me wrong. You know. You still uh, got your, chatterbaits.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got uh, I got some questions on spinnerbaits from from the audience listening in. Um, I'm going to give you a choose your own adventure. We got four questions here. You can choose which one you want to answer. Cooler lid AP. Do you trim the skirts on a spinning bait? Number two, do you bend the wire for a wider gap between the blade and the hook or a smaller gap? Number three, what's your favorite spinner bait? Number four, do you swap out the blades on your spinner baits for like red ones? Which which question do you want to answer there?
0: I'll go with the um, the bending. Yeah, of the wire.
1: It's a little hack.
0: There, there there's a hack to it. You gotta be careful with it though. Um, because your spinner baits still got more. you can see like here's one style. Yeah, you know it's that R band. Okay. You got to be careful if you bend it down or if you bend it up. If you bend it up, you got a big chance of making your spinnerbait roll. Okay. When you're going to a, a, a medium, medium fast retrieve. Um, but you also, you weaken that R bend sure. up here. Because if you use a spinnerbait enough, you're going to catch one. And that, you know, your wire is going to be up here, you know and you take that thing and you bend it back down just real slow and easy. You look at it, you know, you're like kind of work it back and forth sideways to see if it's going to snap on you (laughs) and eventually it's going to snap.
1: Yeah. All the while you're weakening the metal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, bass hooked in the mouth. You know, I sit there and watch them and next thing you know, pow, you got the blades and everything come flying at you and the bass is gone.
1: With a half a, a half a spinnerbait in your hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all you got left is your blades and a little bit of wire. (laughs) Mm Because they'll they'll snap, you know. Um, Then you have the ones that are twisted. Yeah, I I recently got one
1: from, I think it was Guggen, to have them twisted like that.
0: Um, Guggen don't have one twisted. They have the little rubber piece put on there Mm. to help keep them spreading. Maybe that was it. Um, It helps, but... It's a piece of plastic. Sure. It'll end up breaking two or it'll end up flopping up and you got it on your line. You put it back on, but it's done stretched and it just keeps coming off. Um, like I said, with these here, the, the Northland Tackle or anybody that has the type that has the twist, mm-hmm. you know, they twist them up. Like uh, I think the old Jimmy Houston Redman Spinner Baits.
1: There's one twisted.
0: Yeah, they're twisted. There we go. These, you can, you know, you can manipulate these a little more. Yeah, because you're not going to bend it right in here. You're going to end up bending it just down in here. Right. Um, like I said, you you open it up to make that gap wider, which can be good for a slower retrieve. Okay. You know, but if you get it speeded up, then that spinnerbait's going to flop. It'd be just like if that spinnerbait, you know, if you got one that you're, when you're, you know, after you got a bent and it's, you know, like this coming through the water, it's going to roll on you because mm-hmm. you're bent. And you have to retune them and uh, never use pliers to retune one. Cause if you scar that wire, you know, with the teeth on a pair of pliers, oh, that's yeah. a weak point. Just like if you take a hook, you gotta be careful when you use pliers to unhook a fish because you can put a scar on that hook and that's a weak point. It can snap there. Um, I used to do it years ago when I was younger. Sure. Um, an old man taught me a hack, and which is the, old, the same old man back in the 90s, early 90s, that taught me how to wacky rig. I didn't even know what wacky rig was, you know. And uh, But you take the R Spinner 8s, you know, and most of them, I think it's um, a number one um, split ring. Okay. Not the round ones, but the little oblong ones. Yeah. I think it's a number one. Some of them you can get on there real easy. Some of them it's a fight to get it down over the R band. Okay. And, you know, you just, if it's a fight, just keep playing with it. It'll eventually go on there. I mean, you might have to tweak your spinnerbait a little bit, squeeze on the wire some, but just don't go crazy. Use your hand on it and just work until you get it down on there. And that'll prevent it from prying it out. You know, there's a lot of pro fishermen that get their spinnerbaits for free, you know, from their sponsors. Right they still do that huh. well first off it's going to make the life of the spinner bait longer it's going to keep that from bending out you know um and breaking so there you go it, it just it's just a, it's a cool little hack to use you know sometimes you know you get some that are real small that that you know it's going to be too big it's not going to work um you get in some of the real heavy wire spinner baits you know most of them are not heavy wire anymore. You know, maybe 40,000 is about as the heaviest you're going to find these days because a lot of people want that vibration mm-hmm. instead of the strength. Um, but to me, I'll take the strength of the vibration. Okay. You know. Um.
1: So. Well, I gotta, I gotta, I can't believe we're at an hour twenty talking about spinnerbaits, oh, wow, really? and we're still not <laughs> done. We could probably keep going. So, probably have fifteen additional questions, but. I have a question from Heather Lansgren. Her question is: What advice would you give to a beginner who wants to try using spinnerbaits?
0: Well, you just tie a spinnerbait on. Um, if you know what your f- main bait fish, forge fish for your bass is, uh, if it's bluegill, try to find something that's a bluegill color, um, or a natural color. You know, like a crawfish color, something like that. You know. Your green pumpkins, things like that, which is not the easiest to find because a lot of spinnerbait companies they don't make like the bluegill colors.
1: Yeah, they're I don't all light. Why. They're all light and neons. That's all I freaking see.
0: Majority of them are. I mean, you sometimes you have to get into like a a small mom and pop tackle shop. Yeah. That carry homemade baits. Yep. Okay. You know, you take like this, this Berkeley. What's Berkeley's run? Seven to ten bucks a piece it's Berkeley. It's got to be good. Nothing bad about a Berkeley. It's a great spinnerbait. You know, you can in some of these mom and pops bait shops that's got these spinnerbaits up here. It might cost you 12 bucks for this three, eight ounce spinnerbait. You know, and you go, wow, that's just nuts. Well, I've checked into it. You can't, I can't buy the parts to build this spinnerbait for what I can buy this for. Huh? I mean, it just, it's got unreal, you know? So that's the reason is, you know, mom and pop shops got those spinner baits. They're going to cost you a little more money, but you're going to have a bigger variety of colors. Mm. You know, um, some of them, you might have one person that has, you know, two, 300 different spinner baits in there. They got 10 different colors. You know, they'll have their own style of sexy shad. They'll have their own style of red crawfish or fire crawl, whatever like that you want to call it uh, a, a black and blue, um, a fire tiger. But then you're going to have something, you know, you're going to end up with something like the color of this skirt here. That's on this jackhammer or that's on my this color that's what I like right there. You know, you mm-hmm. see that, but well, you're going to have a spinnerbait. That's going to have that color on it. Big name brands do not do this. I don't know why. Huh. And I think a lot of it is they just think, well, Everybody's going to be, you know, run spinnerbait. They think, oh, it's going to be a shad. Right. Yeah, shad colors work. But, you know, you get into, you know, these different colors, you know. Yeah.
1: They all like, see bluegill, folks. <laughs>
0: there we go. Like this one here. Yeah, it's got purple and blue and black. You know, I don't even know who that bait's even made by.
1: <laughs> um, fin- finish your thoughts on what advice you would give a beginner who wants to try out spinnerbaits for the first time.
0: But find find out what your, your common food forage for your bass is -hmm. get some three-eighths half ounce range you know um cast it out there if you know where there's structure in the water cast out close that structure they don't get hung up too bad cast in next that structure and just start reeling do you medium to medium moderate retrieve do it over and over do fan cast you know if you're casting you know start out here at three o'clock Work your way all the way around, you know, like 2 o'clock and 1 o'clock at 12 o'clock, 11, 10, 9, you know. If you don't get nothing, move down to, like, 10 feet shy of where you were casting at and start it again and work that back again. Do that back cast that you just brought a spinnerbait this direction. Now you're going to bring that spinnerbait this direction because that can also trigger a strike, you know, because maybe that bass seen something going that way, like, eh, I'm not in that big a hurry. If it comes back, I'll hit it. Well, you cast out here and you bring it back. Boom. It's going to hit it. And, uh, don't, don't like really get into the crazy colors, you know, run, run your natural colors. If it's shad, use a shad color, you know, uh, white and silvers, white, silver, black, and gray skirts. If you can find them, um, maybe something that's like a white and gold. Mm Um, um, if your water is clear, you know, run a wheel blade. You now, I wasn't a big fan of wheel blades until just a few years ago. You know, uh, I never really caught fish on them, huh. so I didn't fish them much. But I've learned, you know, maybe as many years as I've run a spinner bait and really care for the wheel blade. I learned that there's times that yes, they're going to work better than that Colorado blade
2: <laughs> <There you laughs> or know. the
0: Indiana blade. So it's just it you just get out there and use it. You know, it will produce, you know. Biggest thing is what their forage is. Um I know so, a lot of people say, well, you know, run an orange spinner blade or a red splinter blade, you know, with a gold or a silver in the springtime because of the crawfish. I'm, There's times in the springtime I'll never break out a blade that's not silver or gold. All right. You know. Um it just depends on how they react. If I if I run, you know, just a a silver blade and I don't get nothing, run a silver and gold and get nothing, then I'll break out and you know, run that, you know, a gold blade with a orange blade or gold with a red blade. So don't be afraid to use different trailers. I mean, here's one that's kind of loud. It's pretty yeah. loud. It's a methylate. It was just a chartreuse-colored skirt, but I put a zoom methylate-colored worm on there, cut it in half, tied it on there, and it's not so much for action. Yes, you get a little action. It's going to vibrate. You know, when that bait goes through the water, it's going to be sitting yeah. there and pshh. But it's more so than just that contrast in color, that something different. Hmm. Um even something like this is a black and orange. You know. And this is like a, oh an ascend, I think. Ascend blade. It's it's this is this is one I got from mom and pop shop. Okay. My wife probably killed me if she's in here and hear me tell you. I paid $13 for that spinnerbait. But it's a different color. The head on it is black with blue fleck. Okay. I don't know if you
1: can see that or not. I could see it's black. It's hard to see the blue fleck. I kind of see it.
0: Yeah, but it's got it's got blue fleck mixed in with that black, you know. And the blade on it is like a.
1: It's not really black. It's like a a black chrome.
2: Okay. Blade on it.
1: A little something different that you don't typically see. Yeah. It's
0: something different, and I've caught several bass on this. You know, pound half, two pounds is the biggest ones I've caught on it. You know, no monsters, but. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've caught.
1: Oh, your wife did hear you, by the way. She just popped in. <laughs> You're in trouble, my friend. You are in trouble.
0: That's all right. I get in trouble all the time.
1: <laughs> well, guys, we are way over where typical. A lot of time, I can continue oh, to you go. Know what I did talk about? Oh, what? Tell you about my rig. Oh yeah, hey, well, we'll end with that. What's your kayak rig? <laughs> it's the big rig, right? Yeah, it's a big rig.
0: I bought it used off of uh, Facebook Marketplace. Heck yeah. And uh, uh, before that earlier in the spring uh, last year, well, about a year ago, Gramps give me a Pelican uh, Quest, I think it was, when this, you know, the sit on top, but oh, yeah. basically you're still sitting down in it. I took it out a few times and my back is too old for that thing.
1: <laughs> Young my man, span,
0: game. And man, I appreciated Gramps giving me that thing. You know, I mean, I, I think the world of the guy, but I couldn't get out of it. I had to roll over to get out of it.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so I'm getting soaked, you know, to get out of it, you know, because I, I couldn't stand up to get out of it. No problem getting in it. But after spending an hour and a half, two hours, it, I couldn't get out. Okay. So I was like, man, I, I can't, I can't torture myself like that. And I looked on marketplace and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and it was like four or five, $6,000 for pre-rigged kayaks with a bunch mm. of stuff on it. And if you oh, found yeah. something that didn't have a bunch of stuff on it, it was the same kind of kayak I already had. Right. You know, or it was, you know, 1500 miles away. <laughs> so, California. No, I would drop Great deal. And yeah. the final one about an hour, hour and 15 minutes south of me and around Sydney, Ohio. Okay. And, um, I bought it and it had, you know, a trailer. Of course I don't use the trailer, but it had a trailer with it. Um, it came with a Bixby motor, Oh, nice! That he'd just bought, brand new, in the spring, but his son was getting too big to be on the kayak with him.
2: Okay. Because
0: he was take he would take his son out fishing with him, on the uh, Miami River there in Sydney, and it was like, yeah, it's just getting where it's just too too much, unstableness with him and his son. He's a bigger guy. Yeah. You know he, you know he's probably the size of Chad. Or fluke, you know, not saying anything bad about them guys, but you know, I mean, he, he was a big boy and uh seeing it on there, got in touch with them, and they I, I hadn't come down a thousand dollars. Oh wow, how much of yeah. Big Rig's MSRP? Um Well back then I think that and back in 2016, I think they were around like three grand or so. Wow, that's an expensive yak. Yeah.
1: Oh, and now they have the pedal drive, and they're like four grand now. Yeah, they're four four k for the pedal drives. Yeah, Um, the big rigs are twenty eight hundred. This is what I'm initially seeing. I'm sure you could find different prices, but okay,
0: that's like. uh, But it, like I said, it had the big speed motor on. Had trailer. uh, Still had the J crate in the back of it, which I found out talking to another big rig guy, and he's like, "Man, that that is like the holy grail of the Jackson kayaks. You can't find them." (laughs) <laughs> okay but i have the original i have the original water bottle you know that goes in and has a little strap you hold it on the deck um it had all kinds of different rod holder he catfished out of it okay you know he had all kinds of different attachments and stuff i don't use half of them because they're just not for me sure you know he's got you know one rod holder that you know you that's got like a two and a half inch opening you know for big catfish rods to yep. go down in there
1: yep
0: so but yeah, I mean it's pretty nice, you know. Stables can be no leaks, you know. So I love it. You know, it got me out on the water a lot easier. It still has the, uh, I think they call it Therm-a-Rest or something like that. The little air pillow thing. You oh yeah,
1: that's just you you backpack. That
0: up with air automatically. You adjust the button, sit down in the yak and sit there and release it where it's comfortable. Tighten it back up. And you're good to go all day. I mean, it's like the perfect lumbar support. You know, so. Well, there it it's is.
1: Very nice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I had a buddy just texted me uh, who's listening in. He said, this is the original MEP spinner from France. I don't know if you guys can see that very well. There we go. Oh, gee. It's hard to see with a lot of the glare from my computer screens. So but nonetheless. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. There it is. Well, folks, if you haven't done so yet, head over to Sly Fox Fishing. Not fishing. Fishing. And if you liked what you heard tonight, I know that you post content from time to time. And appreciate I need, so. this year. I'm going to put more on there. There you go. It's good. It's going to be 24, 24 is going to be good. And if you haven't done so yet, please hit the like button on this as well. Hope to get a little bit of reach next week. We got another great guest. I'm excited about that. And so I'll see you next week at 8 30 PM. Eastern Charlie, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Hopefully everyone listening in is like, Hey, maybe I'll pick up that spare bait and throw it, including myself. Maybe. Totally. maybe. Hopefully. I mean, I have enough time. of them. I should probably throw it out there every once in a while. Thanks, Charlie. You have a good night. Thanks, everyone, for listening. in. grateful for you. See you later.
2: You've been listening to the Kayak
0: Fishing Obsessed podcast. Kayak fishing is a passion that runs through our veins, and our passion is to talk about every aspect of it, have a blast doing it, and laugh the whole way. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at Window Fishing. You know, they say if people concentrated on the really important things in life, there'd be a shortage of fishing kayaks.
2: (laughs) See you next time on the Kayak Fishing Obsessed Podcast.